Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Who's there? On track, on track podcast featuring DMC. I'm Barbara, welcome to an On Tracks interview covering the DMC World DJ Championships 2020. What it takes to be a successful contestant and tips for DJs during COVID. And I'm here with Tony Prince, the founder of DMC DJ Championships and DJ Cutmaster Swift, who won the world title in 1989. And also DJ JFB, who recently won the UK champion title for DMC 2020, with the potential to win the world title in the finals coming up later in the month. And it's lovely to meet you all. So how are you all feeling about the second lockdown? Well, you know, we worry for the world, you know, but then everybody's worried for the world. We're all worried for each other, um, but we've got to get through it, you know. This is the objective, let's get through it. I mean, the DMC yeah. Championship should have been live around the world by now. And uh, we decided it wasn't going to happen. We wouldn't be allowed to. So we've created this incredible world website where they can download and enter online any country in the world. So that's our answer to COVID. Go to hell. We'll get on without you. Yeah. So what date is the, the finals, which is going to be a live stream? Because that, that will be a bit of entertainment for everybody during the lockdown. Right now, they've got their head down in the bedrooms. They're working out what they're going to do to beat the rest of the world. So the first leg, the first hurdle they've got to do is be the best of those 16. So those 10 will then go through to the world finals, 27th of November. So Cutmaster Swift, you won in 1989, didn't you? And, it, and the event actually started in, was it 1985? That's right, yeah. So the, the event must have obviously evolved massively. I mean, with technology, there's so many different doors that have opened for of showing off technical ability. But what about the actual size, the capacity? Has it, as, a, as an event, has it, has it grown massively as well? No doubt. I mean, it's all age groups now. You, you can't underestimate anybody who's into this art and serious about it. Um, I mean, technology has still enabled us now to take it to far more advanced stages than what us guys originally started out when I was doing it in the 80s. But the principle is still the same. DJs just doing what they they can do, what they can imagine, basically. But I mean, when Johnny started up, it was just two turntables and a mixer. Mm. You know, they had to be really creative. Chad Jackson, he won the world championships before Johnny for Britain. And we're all holding our breath now and hoping that JFB is going to win it this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you've already won the UK title. Now you're, you could possibly win the world title. And so um, are you feeling quite confident? Do you think you might win? I actually think, um, um, without trying to sound egotistic, uh, this time I've got quite a good chance. Um, I spent quite, I think, um, because of COVID, I took the opportunity um, normally I don't ever have any time to work on stuff like personal projects um, and this is something I've really like like to, to do DMCs has just been my dream since I was 16 so let alone winning previous UKs and stuff like that has just been absolutely amazing but being able to put this amount of effort and time into the competition this year has been absolutely amazing for me. Before I even entered the UKs, I'd already um, spent a lot of time and completed and filmed my World Six Minutes. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently in Budapest at the moment, actually DJing for an international swimming league on TV and stuff. And I found out that was happening. So uh, i pretty much one of the most luckiest DJs in the world right now to have work, especially doing this. 
And not be in England. <laughs> and not be in England for the lockdown. You've won a few times the UK title. Yeah, I think this was my fourth. And if you were to win the finals 2020, it'd be your first DMC world title. Yeah. Is, is there anybody in the competition that you've been particularly impressed with and wish you weren't competing with? Oh yeah, totally, all of them. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, there, there are some that I think are better than others, but this year in particular, I've been very impressed with everyone and I've, re I've really, really enjoyed and learned so much from watching all the other guys. And um, I've also, um, especially this year, I've kind of taken a lot more time to become friends with a lot of them to just to like, and, and try and, you know, like um, give them boosts, like introduce mm -hmm. them to other people, like um, give them compliments. Yeah. And, um, and and showing, you know, trying to tell my, my social media people who follow me to go and follow these other DJs as well, because um, at the end of the day, it's all about building a scene. I want this scene to be around for ever. And yeah. So, like, like before, I didn't really think that way. I was more competitive and I was more like, I want to be the best. I'm not the best, but, you know, I wasn't really, I wasn't really taking the time to share the, the DJ stuff. Yeah, because at the moment, I think it's needed more than ever um, in order for it to stay alive through all the restrictions and, and cutbacks. I mean, have you got any tips for DJs out there that, you know, are professional DJs and maybe have really struggled with with keeping up work? God, yeah, probably. Um, literally don't give up. <laughs> literally try and try and help everyone else as much as you can, but at the same time, if you find a way to earn money to keep yourself going, do it. Mm. But, or like, try and set yourself up for when this is all over, if it will be over, or try and adapt in any way whatsoever. So branding, work with brands, work with like all kinds of companies, any live streaming, is not a great avenue to earn money, but it can get you something. It takes a lot of work, a lot of building up, uh, but given, we're very lucky that we've got all this amazing technology around us to utilize. This whole COVID thing, I've seen some incredible things from many artists and on ways they've been like ridiculously creative and adapting. It's quite inspiring. Yeah. I guess that's the whole thing. It's all about adapting and evolving, working with it rather than against it to keep active and keeping work. And um, what about any DJs out there who've just recently taken it up as a new hobby or new career and they're just feeling really disheartened and they're wondering whether they shouldn't have bought all their equipment and sort of put so much time into it. Anything that they can sort of do to um, keep active? Well, to be honest, like most of these people, um, this is an even better opportunity to do um, to learn new stuff right now because all the other professional DJs are trying to um, are using all this time to get themselves out there even more using their technology, the internet and things like that. And a lot of them are doing that with by doing online tutorials, uh, lessons, you know, like or giving advice, doing talks and stuff like that. Because um, a lot of the professional ones that refuse to and they're living from anything else. They're trying by all means to do what they can to stay um, either earn money or stay relevant. And um, there's a lot more that I've seen a lot of like, for example, amazing turntablists um, come out of their shells 
and uh, record lots of really useful tutorials for mm. everyone. And I think now more than ever is one of the best times for people who, who are just starting out to learn stuff like, and a lot faster as well. Yeah, that's true. They can get their heads down and make the most of having the tools online and the, and the extra time. So Tony, when DJs are being judged, do you take into consideration the equipment that they've got? So if somebody's got the highest grade equipment and will enable them to have a better technical ability, would that go into consideration? I think the, the judges who are all former world champions will be looking for originality no matter what equipment they're using. And back to your question about what, what these uh, DJs do when they get frustrated. Well, I'll tell you, JFB's been doing this for years. All those DJs you see have been in their bedrooms for three, four, five years. They never give up. It's like learning to play the guitar. You know, the Beatles and all that lot. They used to learn the guitars. They never, they never gave up. Yeah. They knew there was a lot more to learn. And it's the same with turntablism and same with mixing. There's so much to learn. And it really is a great way to pass your life away, learning the musical art of the DJ. How have you found setting up this event and changing the format to abide by the restrictions? Has it been a massive challenge or has it opened your eyes to maybe doing more online events? It was more of a financial challenge than anything and thank God we've got Technics. They were our first sponsor back in 1985 and here they are again. We needed to spend some money on this website, this, uh, this system and thanks to Technics we're here and I'm so grateful to the head office in Osaka, Japan. Um, so yeah, no, we didn't have any problems. We've been doing online championships for about five years now. But this was the first time that we were able to do one that literally invited any DJ in any country in the world. I mean, you know how many countries there are in the world. This will just expand now because there's DJs who've never been able to enter before because we've never had an agent down there in their country. Now they don't need an agent. They can do it all with their own camera in their own studio. So you've got quite a lot of girls who are actually contesting this year that are quite strong contestants. Is that something that's fairly new? We've always wondered where the girls are. I don't know what it is with this. We had a couple of girls in the heats. Yeah, and we that were... made it to the world final as well. Yeah. And uh, Swifty, what do you think of girls? Why aren't there so many girls coming in for this? Um. I, I just think it's really down to time. Um, there's loads of female DJs, and certainly um, I would I, I don't underestimate this anyone's sex. It's it's about ability. It's quite competitive. Um, it has been quite aggressive originally, like JFB said, and now it's mellowed, and everyone's coming 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 together as a community. So I think all people need to do is just see people and and, and see something and recognise that could be me. I think the first girl we ever saw was from somewhere like um, Taiwan. Taiwan, yeah, wasn't that was it? the yeah. first female fe yeah. uh, finalist. Number I think two thousand and six. You know, come on, the encouragement. girls. They can do it as well as the guys. I think guys are a little bit more cocky and aggressive. Yeah, that's why you know the girls. It's they're a bit more shy than guys. You know, you watch JFB when he's working. How he looks at the camera, little glance. You know, and you can see that confidence, <laughs> JFB. <laughs> He's working the camera. <laughs> Jay who's ever won this competition has had confidence and been cocky. The, the, the DMC is not just about the, the techniques. It's a, it's a combination of things. And if you're well balanced and most importantly confident, mm. you will think, right, I'm going to put my skill set 
to the test. And that's what DMC is. It's that opportunity of really going for what you believe in yourself. Can yeah. I just also make a point, uh, Barbara, that, and, and JFB will concur with this, that this year they're all seeing each other's work before the world finals. You know, that's always a very dangerous thing for anybody to do, to reveal the okay. set. Right. You know, and they can, you know, they can, they, I guarantee they've all looked at each other's work mm -hmm. and they'll have picked up ideas from each other. They say, oh, I'll do better than that. And that's the great thing about this competition this year. I can't wait for that world final with the 10 best in the world on the 27th of November when they deliver a new level of DJ turntablism. We can't really call it turntablism anymore, but it's, it's going to be an extraordinary event, I can tell you that. I, I honestly wish I had the comfort of performing in my house. No thousands of crowds watching me. And, you know, it's a whole different environment. And the fact that I can now... We all believe we're king of the castle in the one place we're at, and that's home. And I think the standards should be immaculate yeah because they've got the comfort of home and i guess if everybody's seen each other's recordings i mean it's good in a sense because it will push everybody harder but then i guess it's bad in some sense because they're going to get to see the sneak preview and maybe change what they would have done don't forget barbara that throughout the event they've been able to re-record it if they've done a bad set exactly they just keep yeah. recording until they get the perfect set they can't yeah. edit together it's got to be from Life. start to finish but at the world finals it's going to be live. And what tips can you give to any contestants leading up to the finals and even for entering next year? Me personally, I think they've already done the first biggest tip they could ever have, which is just the faith and belief in themselves to come forward and step up. You know, I mean, the world's going to be watching and everyone's rooting for everyone, really, because this is, is something that's never happened to this level before. But um, exposure, you just can't, down it you know I, I i entered the D, dmc 30 years ago as a bedroom dj and it wasn't a profession it wasn't even recognized and and here i am 30 years later world recognition and i've, I've literally made a living out of it and and i work for these guys and don't forget that johnny performed on the stage of the royal albert hall i mean talk about courage what you needed courage in those days you know, James Brown had just walked on stage and suddenly a DJ's got to go on in front of 5,000 fans in the Royal Albert Hall. That was real courage. I, I, very similar in the world final because it's live. So I wish them good luck. Keep your courage, be creative, and just remember, if you don't win, you've been at the top of the game with the best 10 in the world. That's my message. Really? Um, Cutmaster Swift, so after you won well, quite a long time ago now, what did you take away from, from what you learned and that you could put into future performances? I, I, I learned to be more of an exhibitionist and um, basically communicate with the crowd. I could look them in the face and I could see the, the they energised me. They, you know, they believed in what I was doing because um, back then it was all foghorns and whistles and all sorts of mayhem then. So like crowd interaction as well as performance? Crowd interaction. Yeah was a vital part of my magic in back in the day. Um, but th these guys now are so precise in technic technicality that you just really, you can now study them to the pinpoint. And, and that's the great thing about what's happening now. You can look at it, it's so clear, it's so concise. Um, and you can watch it over and over. And this is why new DJs today, like JFB said, can pick up on things so quick because yeah. th th there's loads of people giving tips and advice. We're sharing things. It's no longer a secret like it was back in my day. Back in my day, <laughs> you literally was even, sh your records was a secret.
<laughs> so the nightlife industry is like one of the biggest economies in the UK. How do you think it's going to survive? It will always survive, Barbara. People will always want to go out and party and dance and drink and meet people and fall in love. The, the nightlife's going through a terrible patch because of COVID, but it will be back. We yes. don't know how long, but it will never, ever go away. Just let's be patient and try and get rid of this COVID thing. For me as a DJ, personally, it's that final time to really go through my record collection and get them all alphabetically labelled out right and <laughs> do the, you know, genreify them all and everything else like that. And, and really, this is probably the most vital time to keep your collection up and getting ready because when it starts, it's going to be up and running. And those yeah. that can go will really hit the floor running. Yeah, best to be prepared. Use this time to sort of turn it into a positive by just learning new skills, getting organised, having a bit of a clear out, get some new music. That's right. So what are your thoughts on a member of our government suggesting retraining to musicians and those working in the arts? I think it's the politicians who need to retrain, to be quite honest. <laughs> I think everybody thinks that. <laughs> we don't need any retraining. You know, we're always in training. We're always trying to be better at what we do whether you're a singer or a musician or a DJ, we're okay, Jack. You politicians go into retraining, please. Yeah. I mean, music's so therapeutic. I saw a, a thing on the TV the other day, and this guy had dementia, and he actually composed um, sympathies and all sorts of things. And it was just amazing that he could remember all the music that, you know, he couldn't remember family members, but he remembered his music. So mm. politicians will play their little game, but... We know what music is. Thanks so much, guys. I'm really looking forward to the finals and the future for DMC. Can we say thanks to On Tracks? We wish you good luck. It's a fabulous service. And uh, can we all wish JFB, on behalf of the great British fans, the very best of luck? Good luck, JFB. Thank yeah, good you. luck, JFB. Thanks for having me in this interview. Oh, no worries. It's great to chat to you and Cutmaster Swift and Tony Prince. Thank you very much for joining me and have a good rest of your evening. Thank, Thank you. Bye, Barbara.